Welcome to Get Up In The Cool, old time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Gary Van. We recorded this last September at his home in Brisbane. Big thanks to John Hawkins for organizing a fantastic show with a big turnout so Gareth and I could justify driving all the way up there. And uh, thanks for taking us out on the town. I had a blast. I miss y'all a lot. I want to thank Elderly Instruments in Lansing, Michigan for sharing Get Up In The Cool online with their customers and increasing the reach of the show. Next time you need an instrument upgrade or new music gear, visit their online store at elderly.com. Ellen, thank you for supporting Get Up In The Cool on Patreon. I'm sorry that I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Uh, Rossier? Rossier? Uh, Well, whoever you are, I'm really grateful for your help, and I hope you enjoy having access to the entire Get Up In The Cool tune archive and secret bonus track podcast. It's the least I can do to say thanks. By the way, to all my supporters who signed up for the bonus track levels or higher, I hope you figured out how to subscribe to the hidden bonus tracks feed on your favorite podcast app. It's a way better system than what I used to use. Unfortunately, it's a little tricky to sign up, but I include instructions with every bonus track post on Get Up In The Cool's Patreon. If you live anywhere between DC and Portland, Maine, check out my tour schedule on Facebook to see if Jake Blunt and I are coming your way in April. RSVP and please bring all the friends that you can. There are links in this episode's show notes. You can find those on whatever app you're using to listen to this. As always, make sure to stick around after the interview to find out how to keep up with my amazing guests. But first, here's my interview and jam with Gary Van. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Lord preserve us, saints protect us. Yes. <laughs> Gary Van. Cameron. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for having me in your house. Yeah, welcome to Brisbane, Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just poured water on my banjo. Uh, we can edit that. Okay. <laughs> uh, did you say Brisbane? Brisbane. Is, are you making fun of an American way of saying it, or is that actually how people say it? No, I'm making fun of you. Okay, great. That's what I, that's what I assumed. Um, yeah, so... So it's pronounced Melbourne, <laughs> Melbourne. Sinai, <laughs> Brisbane. <laughs> there's a there's a um, a town up uh, the north coast called Gimpy, and they call it Jimpai. 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 Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people say Oregon, where I'm from. They say Argon, Argon. in the states. They say yeah. that, or all sorts of. That's a guess. Yeah, exactly. That's what I always yeah. say. <laughs> How did you start playing banjo? You're going to play a few things uh, today, but um, yeah, when did you start playing banjo? I'm a late starter. I started when I was 24. Yeah. Yeah, and I went to a, a bush dance with a partner I had at the time, and that's like, if you're American friends, it's like a barn, was a barn dance or a contra dance? Yeah. So old-time bush dance, and during one of the breaks, a, um, the banjo player started walking through the crowd playing banjo, and I yeah. mentioned to my girlfriend at the time, oh, I like the sound of that. Yeah. And she bought me for Christmas. Oh, I thought um, you were going to say, and that was the end of our relationship. Yeah, yeah she left soon after that, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was just hooked on the sound of banjo and um, yeah. got obsessed with it, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what uh, Yeah. What styles do you do you play? Um, pretty much Scrug style. Yeah. Um, I had the old Flat and Scruggs LPs at home. We used to sit in front of those and, yeah, just try and nut things out. Yeah. And, yeah, it was pretty obsessive. used to probably practice four hours a day. Uh-huh. Um, and then I got into, um, I think it was, I was, I got into a bush band with a five-string banjo. It was totally out of my league. I had no idea what I was doing. So I, um, we went to a bush band championship down in Glen Innes, down um, northern New South Wales. And I suddenly realised all these other musicians were playing multiple instruments. And I thought, well, I can do that too. Uh-huh. So I got interested in fiddle then and started learning Celtic fiddle and started playing fiddle in the band. Yeah. Hmm. Bush, so wait, uh, I think you were saying bush bands typically play Celtic music? Um, Australian, traditional Australian music, and okay. Celtic music is usually used for the uh, bush dances. Okay, very good. They do a medley of um, Celtic tunes put together. So bush bands don't just play dances, they no. also just perform. Yeah, yes. So when, when you do a performance that's outside of the context of a dance, that's when you break out the Australian tunes. Um, you, you would do them in the middle of a dance. In the yeah. middle of a dance. You'd say you'd, say you'd do um, um, three or four songs to start off a set, and then you'd do a set bush dance, and then you do your couple oh, yeah. tunes, and then you oh, might finish good. off with a, a traditional Australian um, song after the dance. Do people then... do, like, partner dancing during that, or sure. is it just for listening? No, it's all yeah. partners, yeah. Oh, yeah, very good. Mm. Huh. So, you, so you entered the bush band... With the five string banjo, yes, playing Scrug style, yes. Was that odd at that time, or is that pretty typical? Uh, extremely odd. Extremely yeah. odd, and okay. very, very awkward. Okay, so was it? Did people? Did people find that novel, or did people? How I, precious are people about the tradition of bush? Bands? I don't think a lot of people would notice. Mm. Um, a lot of the time, I was just vamping on chords, just um, like yeah. being a mandolin player behind. Mm-hmm. the Australian songs are, or I do rolls over chords I yeah. really had no idea how to pick a melody in different keys on banjo in those days yeah yeah it was quite awkward uh-huh. 
um, there's a similar sort of, well, in contra dancing, it's like not very typical. It's like a northern United States style, so mm-hmm. it's not very typical for a clawhammer banjo to play in. So every once in a while, I've tried to sit in on a contra dance band. And yeah, it's like, <laughs> I hope this is okay. I hope I'm not messing things up. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of like a yeah. lot of looking around and making sure that no one's mad. You yeah, know? I've had a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a typical. Uh, banjo kind of you know social posture to have yeah <laughs> I, I think cool the <laughs> i think the market was so small in australia really uh, a lot of people didn't have anything to compare with so you could pretty much get away with anything yeah mm. yeah tell me more about um traditional music in in australia not necessarily just the australian traditions but like what was the yeah when you started playing what was the scene like what was the role of it? My first four, oh, three years, three or four years, I just played instrumentals. I, I learned instrumentals in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. I just loved the sound of banjo and learned those. And it wasn't until I got into a band that I, they said, oh, can you do some backup? And I went, well, what's backup? And then I had to go and learn my chords. And um, yeah. it was quite a shock because I, I thought I was this great player. And then <laughs> I had no idea what backup banjo was. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I really wasn't playing melodies. I and even today, if I do a a tune, I'll do licks and tricks and hammers and pull offs over a chord progression rather than yeah, yeah. pick out a melody. Yeah, um, yeah, that's just the way I've been brought up. Mm-hmm. Where a traditional Scruggs banjo player would try and bring out as much as melody as he as he can. Did Did you often go to bush dances? Um, was that a common activity for young um, people in their twenties to do? It was in those days, yeah. It was? Is yeah. it still? Um, no. No, it's, it's died off. These have a uh, school program where they used to teach the school kids um, bush dances. Yeah. And they had a band um, called the Bushwhackers that put out a, a bush dance book with all the music and CDs. And the kids yeah. used to rehearse at school all the bush dances. And then that horror bush band to run a, a live bush dance. Yeah. And that's how we, we sort of evolved. Um, but that's no longer in the school curriculum. Why isn't it in the school curriculum anymore? Uh, Do people just get tired of it, or yeah, like there's no doof, doof, doof. Um, <laughs> just lost tradition. Yeah, mm. interesting. Do you think that having it in the school program made um, people like it more and g- gave them a sense of like appreciation and ownership of it, or did it have the opposite effect? Like I think it um, it introduced people to it, and yeah. like young kids, kids loved it. They, they really enjoy dancing. Um, but if you're not introduced to something, you, 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 know, you don't know it's there, and it's, yeah. it sort of died off. Yeah. Um, we were very busy in the, in the early days doing two or three bush dances a week. Yeah. And then over a 10-year period, it got down to like one a month and then one every two months. So it Interesting. Was, yeah, it didn't become viable anymore. What is the dancing like? It's like... Uh, um, um, it's all partners, and you're like doing casting circles. Um, um, I can't explain a bush dance. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming it's something like a barn dance or a contra dance. Sure, but in circles instead of, I guess in a circles, square dance yes, you do a yeah, squares, some, some are contras are, lines. Yeah. yeah, some are circles, and some are uh, like tunnels, like lines. Yeah. People like, uh, do you do the heel and toe poker? Heel and toe poker in America? I think so. Yeah, I think that's, that's the thing. Yeah, similar sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Is it, do you know where, does it have its origins in the UK or 
or in Ooh, any I particular? I couldn't tell yeah. you. No. That's right. You don't have to be an. <laughs> I'm not trying to tokenize <laughs> we, your Australianism on the show. Yeah. yeah. Can we Google that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. It's fine. Um, uh, so you're playing banjo in bush dances, mm. and then and then you got into playing fiddle. Yeah. 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 I suddenly heard other musicians playing more than one instrument, and I. I don't know where I got the idea of if I played banjo, I was a banjo player, and that was it. Yeah. And then all these multi-instrumentalists started popping up. I went, oh, okay, I'll, I really like the sound of fiddle. Before I played banjo, I never was introduced to, um, like, Celtic fiddle. I'd never, I never even listened to it. And then suddenly when I heard somebody playing it live, I just fell in love with the sound of the yeah. fiddle. And saxophone and um, Hammond organ got the same appeal to me, but I never got into those. Yeah. Mm. Just the timbre of those instruments appealed to me. Where, wait, so the saxophone, in what context did you hear I, I love the sound of it. I, I just like the timbre of the sound of a saxophone. Yeah. Or a Hammond organ. Yeah. Yeah. I was but into deep, deep purple in those days. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Very good. Um, Shall we play uh, this this dry and dusty then? Sure. Um, and then I want to ask you more questions about fiddling and etc. Um, I think I'm still in tune. So you learned this from uh, the Brittany House version, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. One of my students wanted to learn it. Um, yeah. She was with a fiddle player and she was playing banjo and um, she said, oh, "I'd love to learn that in banjo." So I, she said, "This is a version that we've learnt." And so we nutted out in the two finger style on banjo and. She forced me to learn it on fiddle because she wanted to practice yeah. it. <laughs> Sometimes students are really good at finding, they're like eager to find good music. Yeah. I've like been introduced to some cool stuff for my students. I'm like, wow, thanks. <laughs> Teaching me. Yeah, I'll, I'll look that up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dry and dusty. Yeah. Thank you. 
I didn't think that was dry and dusty at all. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Very rejuvenating. Hmm. Very nice chain. I've been told there is a really strong Celtic fiddling and Celtic music tradition in Australia, and that that has sort of been adopted as like the the folk music or where it kind of comes from. Mm-hmm. Is can you corroborate that? Is that is that accurate to any extent? Um. Brisbane's a bit different to there's a, a larger group of um, folk musicians in Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah. Melbourne's probably greater. Uh, Brisbane hasn't got a great following. There there are some pockets around, but it's not like you can go to a jam every week. Um, yeah, why is it? Why is that? Um, lack of venues, lack of organisation, and mm. there's just not the amount of players in Brisbane, or it doesn't yeah. seem to be the amount of players around to support those sort of events. Well, I mean, I've been here for two nights and mm-hmm. gone to a jam every night so far. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, that's something. <laughs> I've been to one. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Is there any any reason for that? Like, I don't really know the order of when people settled where. Like, is Brisbane, like, just separate enough from... Because it's, like, on its way north or something? Um, or? Yeah, I think the population has a lot to do with it. Um, yeah. Brisbane's always been um, more sparsely populated. Yeah. And there's uh, longer distances. Like, Sydney, if you go there, there's a larger population in a smaller area. Yeah. And there just seems to be a lot more venues and a lot more people playing that sort of music. Hmm. And if you have those um, venues playing music and attracting people, then more people get interested in it. Yeah. Um, there's there's no festivals in Brisbane at the moment. There's some on the outskirts of Brisbane, like Bluegrass Festivals. There's a sure. couple of um, um, old-time festivals. Um, but it's getting the people to those festivals to get them interested in learning the music, yeah. which has been the big problem. Over the last, I've noticed over the last probably 10 years, it's really dropped off. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Like my student base, I was doing at least 40 students a week and I'm probably down to about 20 a week now. It's just there's, there's not the interest in that music being generated. we got to have like some like trad music missionaries come out here. <laughs> yeah, <we do. laughs> Revive stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's like partially why like John, you know, he's like, you should come up to Brisbane, you know, like don't, don't leave us out. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like yeah. Um, he's yeah. like, I'll make sure that it's worth your while. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. a lot of... Um, yeah, international has to come over. You see them, they go to Melbourne and Sydney, and, yeah. and Brisbane always seems to get left out. Yeah. And I think they do cans a fair bit, because it's only because of the Barrier Reef. They'll go up and do snorkeling. That that makes that attractive. But yeah, yeah Brisbane seems to miss out on a lot of the um, um, international acts that come over. That's a shame. Did you mm. grow up here? Yeah. Yeah. So you've been here your whole life? A long time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what needs to what needs to happen to get more music here? Um, festivals. Festivals. Um, jam sessions, festivals, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Open call then for... <laughs> yeah. yeah, come and get it. Yeah, <laughs> very good. I mean, when there is a scarcity of like um, access to 
you know, cultural music and, and things like mm-hmm. that, uh, people seem to be eager to get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's good to know. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that can swing things in the other direction, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, um, yeah, the, the, um, I've, I've run some, um, jam camps and when you start looking at public liability and all the, the red tape you've got to go through to run one of those camps is quite off-putting. Yeah. You've really want to got to do it to, um, to get those things happening. So it's, um, it's quite difficult these days to start up a, um, a venue and put those sort of shows on. Right. I mean, maybe the answer has to be sort of more guerrilla or grassroots style. Like mm. in, in the States, there's, there are definitely public and like, you know, rented out spaces, but there's a lot of just camps that happen at people's houses with like under 30 people. Yeah. Um, and then they just host people for a long weekend or something. And maybe it needs to start with some of those kind of things. I don't know. I feel I, I'm not trying to problem solve for Brisbane or anything, you know, like, <laughs> Please do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, there's, yeah, I, I guess I've been sort of a little bit spoiled in the States, you know, with like, um, although there's area in this areas in the states that are separate enough that you know people just sort of listen mm. to top 40 country yeah. radio and don't necessarily yeah, much bigger population so you have yeah. better chance of getting um yeah, yeah an audience hmm. what uh what shall we play next i i need to get to a so this is kind of like the the bluegrass standard version of cherokee shuffle isn't it yeah is there a different one? Yeah, there's a really common one in D that has three parts in all, in the old time tradition. Is that sort of like Lost Indian? I think so. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Um, I do play Lost Indian, but only two parts. I didn't know no, there was a third part. Yeah, maybe they mashed them together. I don't really know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know bluegrass music. Yeah. Yeah, kick it off. Thank you. 
Nice. Cherokee Shuffle. Great tune. <laughs> Great tune. Um, yeah, let's go. Let's go right into this next one. Uh, Red-haired boy. When did you start learning bluegrass fiddle? Because you were doing bluegrass banjo and then Celtic fiddling. Mm-hmm. Was that the same? No. Yeah. When did totally you start different. playing? Probably. Probably good uh, ten years after I was, was in a bush band. Yeah. Yeah. Did they let yeah. you play any of? Plenty of those tunes in the uh, band. I didn't want to. I found it very difficult. Double yeah. stops and um, yeah, bluegrass was very fast and furious. Yeah, uh, I was a little bit out of my reach. I actually started. Um, I tried to teach myself for a lot of years, and uh, I was doing okay on the, on the Celtic side of it. But then I I realised that I needed better technique to play bluegrass. Yeah. So I, I went through a few different teachers, and I ended up with the. Um, the principal violinist out of the Queens and Symphony Orchestra. Mm. I went to him and said, oh, I just want to learn um, bowing technique and left-hand techniques. Yeah. I don't want to learn classical music, though. And he was, he was fine with that. Oh, good. Whereas a lot of the lesser players were, no, you've got to learn classical music if you want to learn classical technique. Yeah. And he was brilliant. I spent yeah. probably 12 months with him just learning technique. And mm. um, then I was um, a bit more confident playing bluegrass. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I guess it's pretty demanding. Yeah, <laughs> pretty demanding form. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little surprised that um, my impression was that Celtic Celtic fiddling was equally demanding. Um, I think the rhythm is the rhythm is. Yeah, yeah. I spent uh, I spent some time with another very good fiddle player, mate of mine, uh, Fred Graham, um, and he taught me about um, Celtic rhythms. Because I, I used to play six, eight time, like straight one and two and three and uh, one yeah. and two and three. And yeah. to get that lilt there. And, and I found it interesting that um, each different, um, like a jigs, reels and hornpipes all have their different rhythms. Yeah. And I found that very interesting. Um, but that's something I had to learn. Yeah, something I had to mm. tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I can't imagine like... I think it's, you know, I, find, I found rhythm hard to pick up because a lot of things, a lot of the music that you listen to that you're trying to imitate is too fast to pick on, up on what they're doing. Yeah. And when you get somebody that can slow it down, you say, okay, this is what's happening with these beats. And, and um, yeah, it was very helpful for my playing. Yeah. Yeah, especially if it doesn't, like, fit into your, like, kind of paradigm that you already have of how the music works. Mm. Someone just the other day told me about um, this beat that I've been hearing my whole life hip-hop drum beat like in kind of like earlier hip-hop and i can't really like replicate it but it always sounded it always sounded like it wasn't it's not like the music today like a lot of hip-hop music today which is quantized where it fits exactly mathematically it always sounded like just a little bit off Mm -hmm. um but in a really groovy way and then someone told me that like they're watching this uh drumming master class they're like yeah actually we subdivide you know the the beats in the sub the subdivisions are in five mm-hmm. and then we're like doing like a group of two and then a group of three inside okay. the beat wow. that's why it sounds like that and like <laughs> you're actually like counting that <laughs> like that's incredible like um but yeah i always thought that it was some sort of like you know kind of like mysterious like intuition yeah that that allowed them to play that way and that probably is but you can also be explained in like this mm. simple way and i'm like oh man and that yeah. makes it even scarier, <laughs> you know. Like I, I could never do that. Yeah, I find it with um, yeah, uh, when I'm doing jigs, um, for a new tune, I, I just go into that jig rhythm. It's it sort of starts getting built in you. You don't even think about it. Yeah, and you're playing in that with that rhythm. 
Um, yeah, when I first started, it was a shocker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounded good to me, but I had no idea. Yeah. Someday I'll learn how to play jigs. I gotta get a They're tenor fun. banjo first. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have one in the bedroom. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna take a lot more than that. <laughs> um, red-haired boy. Sure. Thank you. 
Shall we do another um, another banjo duet? Sure. Yeah, let's play the Soldier's Joy. Cheery and beautiful song it for um, such, a, such a dark to, topic. <laughs> I didn't expect you to sing it. <laughs> Call me by surprise. Yeah. <sighs> Whiskey, beer, and morphine. What else do you need? <laughs> <laughs> so we got one one tune left. I need mm-hmm. to go to a different tuning in order to get there. So let me get there. Real quick. 
Gary, th- thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, this is a hoot. Yeah. A hoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that like a good time in Australia? It's uh, That's a good time in America. Do, y- do y'all say hoot here? Um, no, we don't say hoot. Um, what would you What would you say? Had a, something- had, had a ball. You had a ball. Very yeah, good. had a ball. No, we have that too. Yeah. <laughs> we have balls. <laughs> Uh, takeaway quote <laughs> we have balls <laughs> can't renew it um so i wanted to at least play one uh, australian uh-huh. tune with you and uh you told me that waltzy matilda is australian and for some reason i wasn't unaware you were unaware of i was unaware even though once you said some of the words back to me it's like that's the most australian thing i've ever heard so i guess <laughs> i never listened properly yeah what uh where's this tune What's the story? Um, I'm pretty sure it came from Banjo Patterson. He was a, um, a, a poet, and a lot of these um, traditional Australian songs came from um, his poems. Is that, uh, is that, was that his given name, Banjo? That was his given name, Banjo Patterson, yes. Interesting. How ironic. <laughs> How, when, was he, uh, when was he doing poems? When was he alive? Is he still alive? Uh, oh, How old no, is he? No, no, I have no idea. Yeah. We'll have to Google that one. Okay, great. Yep. I'm imagining he was alive at a time when banjos were sort of in the zeitgeist long ago or something. I don't think so. No? No. It's just... I don't know. I really, I really can't help I really want an explanation for why his name is Banjo, but yeah, I'll have to... Yeah. Someone write in. Waltzy Matilda, Banjo Patterson. Waltzy Matilda. Yeah. Thanks, Gary. But we'll have to Google that. Yeah. Make sure. <laughs> Thank you. 
If you're in the Brisbane area and looking to learn banjo, fiddle, or mandolin, you should study with Gary Van. Check out his website, garyvan.com.au, for more details. Thanks again to Elderly Instruments for all their support. You can visit Elderly Instruments' online store at elderly.com. If you want to hang out with me twice a week, I have another podcast called Think Outside the Box Set, and we just started Season 8. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts or boxset.website. And if you're in the Northeast, don't forget to RSVP on Facebook to my shows with Jake Blunt in the second half of April. I included links in the show notes. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.